There's a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the buzzer! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. With the start of the 2022-23 school year just days away, the Muhlenberg Mules podcast takes a look at one of the highlights of last year, the Mule softball team winning the Centennial Conference Championship. Our guests today are two members of that team, both members of Muhlenberg's class of 2022. Sarah Karmazin was the hero of the championship game on the field, hitting a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning of the final game. And Madison Amder was a hero off the field, openly talking about the mental health struggles that caused her to step away from softball in her junior year. All right, well, welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast, Sarah Karmazin and Madison Amder. Thank you. Thank you. And before we start talking about uh, the softball team and the uh, championship that you guys won earlier this year, why don't you just fill us in and let us know what you're up to since you've graduated from Muhlenberg. Uh, Sarah, why don't you go first? Um, so currently I'm working as an internal auditor um, for DLA, which is a small accounting firm in Fairfield. And I'm currently going and studying um, for my CPA right now. Nice, nice. How many years would it take for you to, uh, to get that and get to what, what do you ultimately hope to accomplish? Um, I hope that it takes me around a year, a year and a half. Um, I have four parts to pass and I'm going for part one um, soon, but um, I don't know. I want to go into public accounting and kind of utilize more of my management degree um, in the future. Nice. And how about you, Madison? What are you up to? Um, so since school started, I, I work for Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Um, I started out in New York worked there for about two weeks and now I work for um, an outpatient clinic in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. And I'm a coordinator for the radiology floor. So I work between radiology clinicians, different technologists and um, the patients themselves. Nice, and, and where do you hope that leads you? I'm hoping either to a master's program or straight into working in a lab, um, working with different pharmaceuticals and drug design, but we'll see where it takes me. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. You're, you're both at the uh, exciting part of your career where, where you're just getting started and, and who knows what the future holds. Um, but we know what the past held. We know what happened uh, earlier this year in May. Um, Muhlenberg softball team winning the Centennial Conference Championship. And this is how it happened in case you guys have forgotten. Um, this is what it sounded like. Long drive, deep center field, way back. It's out of here. Muhlenberg is your champion on the solo home run by Sarah Carmison. That was at Swarthmore on a, on a Sunday in May. It was a winner-take-all game. Uh, the two teams had played earlier in the day. Swarthmore had won that, so forced a winner-take-all game. Bottom of the ninth, tied 2-2, and, and Sarah, you were leading off. And on the, on the second pitch of the inning, uh, you hit a, hit a walk-off home run to, to win the championship. How does, how does that make you feel when you, when you hear that? Um, still gives me goosebumps a little bit, <laughs> um, kind of like what everybody says that it's like a, a dream, but I don't know the fact that it actually happened. I still sometimes don't believe it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, do you remember now, obviously you were leading off in an inning. It was a tie game. Um, 
you, you've hit some home runs in your career, not necessarily a home run hitter. Um, do you remember what your approach was uh, coming into that at that? Um, so I had been struggling a lot during the whole um, Centennial, like the whole Centennial Conference tournament. Um, and coach was kind of just like, you need to go up there and with a clear mind and just what I remember clearly is that she said to use your legs and hit the ball. And um, I think that game had been so long that I wanted it to be over. And um, uh, going into that at bat, the first pitch was in the dirt. And I was like, I know the next pitch is going to be somewhere like close to the middle. And um, what was going through my head was that if it's anywhere near the strike zone that I'm just going to hit the ball the heart like as hard as I can um and I did not think that was going over the fence I thought it was a double I was sprinting around <laughs> um but yeah no I I still I'm getting like shaky too I still don't even remember rounding the bases I I have no idea what it felt like I could feel like the ground shaking and then as I'm rounding third that's when I remember like everything because I'm going towards my team which is an amazing feeling Never yeah, that yeah. The world. It, it's like you were walking on air around the bases. Yeah. Now, if you look at the video, um, you can see when you're um, close to second base, um, you, you kind of uh, raised your arms and uh, and pumped your fists a little bit. And then, <laughs> and then when you round third is when you uh, you, you finally started to, uh, you know, finally started to celebrate. But, um, you know, I was going to ask you, like, when did it start to sink in? And uh, you just said maybe it, it, sometimes it hasn't really sunk in even now. No, it's, and being like, we already graduated. We're not really, obviously we're not playing softball anymore. Um, still, sometimes I just, it just like pops up in my memories and um, I still like, don't believe that it's real and that it actually happened. <laughs> well, it's, it's real. We have the video to prove it. We've, uh, <laughs> we've used that video many times. That video actually uh, made the final for the uh, Centennial Conference top play of the year. And, and, lost in a very, very close race to, uh, to our inner sinus swimmer. So um, that was, that was unfortunate, but um, no, just, a, just an incredible, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, a once in a lifetime opportunity, even to be in that position um, to where you could do that. So um, obviously something uh, that, that you'll take with you for a long time. Oh, absolutely. And clearly, obviously I wouldn't be able to be in that situation without everybody else. So um, it was a team effort, not just one hit. Right. Uh, and Maddie, while, uh, do you remember, um, where you were and what your reaction was uh, when you saw the ball go out? Obviously you were, um, you were playing in the game. You were, you were the right fielder in the game. Um, but you were the flex player. So potentially you could have come in as a pinch runner, which you had already done earlier in the game. So, um, do you remember where you were and kind of what you were feeling and what the reaction was as you saw the ball go over the fence? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I was standing right by the fence and the whole time me and Chelsea, our trainer had been kind of going back and forth, like trying to keep each other calm because the nerves were unreal that game. But once we actually got into the groove and the game went on to the extra innings, it, it started to get a little bit more comfortable and just like, okay, we need to finish this out now. And once Carm got up to the plate, I remember she said she had been struggling in the whole game, like just wanted to get a hit. And we just kept saying like, all you need is contact at this point. Um, but I've always felt comfortable when Carm was at bat. And I remember the first pitch was a ball. And the second pitch, as soon as she made contact, I was standing on the fence. And once I saw the angle of the ball just going up, I jumped so high on the fence and just started screaming and was like, 
Oh my gosh. Cause I think we had a runner on second at that point. No, no, maybe not. But I just remember seeing the ball go out and jumping and then running towards the field and saying like, no one touch her. We can't let her be out before she steps on the plate. Cause we were so <laughs> close. The day was so long already. I agree. Like we just wanted to be done, but I don't think anyone really imagined leaving the game, not winning just because we had visualized it in our mind for so long that like we were going to get to that game. We were going to win it. And then once it was a winner takes all bottom, what ninth inning, like as soon as she hit the ball, I think we all kind of saw it coming together and it was, an insane feeling. I agree. Sometimes it still doesn't feel, feel real. Like Carmen and I saw each other the other day talking about it and you're like, how did that happen to us? Like with the season we had, I think it was just like pure passion that led us there because SWAT was an excellent team and it was just like destiny that that was supposed to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, it, it was an incredible moment. And you know, the one thing about it, it was a line drive home run. I mean, it was off your bat and over the fence in, in, in just a matter of seconds. So just imagine from the Swarthmore perspective of, of, you know, being in a game and then like in a span of a split second, like your season being over like that um, and then flip that around to the Muhlenberg side. And it's just, just completely the opposite. And in a split second, you go from, you know, being tired because you've played all these games and it's been a long day. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's over just like that. And, and you have the championship. No, definitely. I, I just want to say that um, I think it was, it was, we saw this coming. And like Maddie said, we visualized this for so long and we had such a long season with games being pushed back, move around still like 40 games in a season. Um, and we were kind of getting frustrated with ourselves in the middle of the year when we know that we have all this talent on one team and we, we couldn't um, like bring up our results and what the day that switched it, I think it was that uh, when we played Gettysburg at home, our whole, like all of our momentum shifted into our hands and we kind of took that and ran with it. And so going into that SWAT game, um, we knew that we were not letting them take that away from us. Even like, like, I, like Maddie said, we, we were looking at their record compared to <laughs> ours and like technically on a stat book, we should have not walked away with that game. But I think we have we have so much like drive, passion, and we knew that we wanted it so bad. And um, uh, well, we ended up taking it, and it was one of the best feelings ever. Yeah, you know, and that was that what you mentioned about the games being moved around. That whole week was crazy because the original playoff schedule was was uh tuesday friday saturday and and because of weather it got moved to tuesday thursday sunday so you actually wound up the tuesday game was a home game you actually wound up traveling to swathmore on thursday beating gettysburg in a semifinal game staying at home for two days then traveling back on a sunday and then playing uh swathmore twice that day the first game a long game a nine to six game and then the second game going into extra innings um but that whole time was a whole whirlwind. Um, you came back Sunday after winning the championship. Monday was Selection Monday, and you guys found out you'd be going to Massachusetts for the NCAAs. You left on Wednesday, played Friday and Saturday, then got back. And then it was your senior week. Then you had graduation the next week, a week full of activities. Um, it was just a, a whole crazy few weeks for you guys there. And, and when, uh, when did you settle down and, uh, you know, from all that stuff and, and, you know, have it finally, uh, 
finally sink in and, and, you know, finally get to appreciate what you guys had accomplished without, uh, you know, you know, without always having to worry about what, what your next activity was. I honestly don't think that I have yet. Um, <laughs> I feel like Carmen and I are both kind of in similar situations where as soon as we came back from Boston, things were just happening. And then we both started working around the same time. And, um, I feel like now that school is starting and we're not going back is the time that I'm kind of reflecting on everything and realizing just how much we accomplished and trying to like mentally process that last week. Cause I think that ever since that game against Gettysburg, like Carm said, when our momentum shift, just like mentally, we kind of took things in stride and everything just went a lot faster. It was the end of softball season, the end of our careers, um, one of the most winningest times in our careers and then the end of our, college academic career as well so it was just a lot of um ends at one time and it, it's kind of hard to process all that in a summer when you just start a new beginning like working too so I feel like now is the time that I'm starting to process um I can definitely agree with that seeing everybody kind of go back um right now and we're not able to go back um is where I'm reflecting on the entire year and I don't know if can I can't speak Sarah, you can come back. You can come back. Oh, I, just okay, always, okay. I just won't let you play softball anymore. You can always, you're always welcome back at me. You're right. You're right. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, like senior year, I'm so thankful for. It was one of the best years. I think it was my best year that I had um, academically, socially, like softball wise, athletically, whatnot. Um, but I never really got to appreciate it until right now realizing that like, oh, that was my senior year. And like, now I'm not going back. Oh. But um, I started work like right after, so did Maddie. So, and with uh, softball going into like the end of our senior uh, year and the last week that we had with a bunch of people, it was kind of like quick goodbyes here and there um, because all the underclassmen were leaving uh, before we got back essentially. So, and then graduation hit and then there was maybe what two weeks and three weeks of summer and then now we're back to working so <laughs> everything picked up speed but I think now is a great time to reflect and realize like what we had when we had it so yeah and you, you've both alluded to uh previously um how far the team came during the course of the year um played some tough competition uh in uh at the start of the year, including the national champion and the defending national champion, got off to a rough start and then, you know, really struggled, um, you know, until about the midpoint of the season. Uh, and then you said it was that uh, Gettysburg game that, that kind of turned things around. Um, you know, so obviously the, the team came a long way. Um, and, and really what uh, wanted to talk about a lot today was, uh, Maddie, how you came a long way to get uh, to this point. Uh, in your career and, and, and in your life um, with some of the things that you went through during your junior season. Um, and and just, just tell us about uh, kind of your journey through, uh, you know, through the pandemic, through your junior season where, where you had to step away uh, and then, uh, you know, coming back and uh, finishing up as a champion. Yeah, so I think like Carm said, um, senior year is really where we started to really develop who we were and like appreciate what we had because a lot of things were starting to go right for us. But in my personal experience, that wouldn't have happened if I didn't take the time junior year that I needed. 
um, I've always had anxiety. And then during sophomore year and during the pandemic, I had met with a couple different therapists or whatever and was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, which I always kind of knew. Um, and I used to be very private about that. I was kind of embarrassed, but it led me to neuroscience, which I ended up majoring in. Um, and I love just finding out why things happen the way they did on a scientific level. And the more comfortable I became with learning about it, um, the more comfortable I came talking about it as well. And then during the pandemic, I think everyone kind of got a little comfortable being at home. And as much as we wanted to go back, it was kind of overwhelming for me um, to the point where I was living with my best friends in an apartment. I was happy to be back seeing people again, but there was just something that wasn't right. And I had chalked it up to the pandemic, but I think I always kind of knew that it was something that I needed to take care of personally. So it took a while um, of realizing that I wasn't comfortable at school and then decided with the help of a lot of my friends, a lot of teammates and family that I needed to go home, um, really put myself as my first priority instead of softball, which was one of the hardest decisions I had to make because it was always like, do what you have to do to get through for softball, show up to practice, 6 a.m. lifts, like do what you have to do to be there. And it was the first time that I really took a step back and was like, if I want to do this and like have the longevity of a softball career, I can't keep sweeping this under the rug. So I went home, spoke with a therapist and a psychiatrist and like really figured out what I needed to. And I kept telling coach, you know, I'll be back as soon as I can in a couple of weeks. Once I figure out medication and everything, like I do want to come back. Um, but the process itself isn't that cut and dry. And I think that's what, I wanted a lot of people to know when I came back is that it takes time, but that time you're investing in yourself. And that's the most important thing that you can do. Um, and because of how life-changing it was for me, I knew that when I eventually did get back to school, which ended up not being until my senior year, that I wanted to tell people that and spread that message just so that people knew, like, if this is what you're going through, there is a great outcome. Like if you invest in yourself, you'll get more out of it than, pushing through what you're feeling and just trying to make it one more day because, you know, you need to help out the team or this or that. I think, especially in college, there's such a pressure, whether it's internal or external to do what you need to for the team and just keep pushing through. And you can do that to a certain point, but not if you're mentally unhealthy or not in a stable enough position where you can keep pushing through like that. It's just not sustainable. Um, so when I did come back, I tried to be as open as I could. And I think I found like comedy and humor as kind of a coping mechanism and then use that to connect with people and then really tell my story um, without pushing it on other people. I just wanted to connect with them and see if people were feeling the same thing I did. And I think that it helped me just as much as I like to think that it helped other people when you can connect about something that you're so vulnerable about that everyone deals with because anyone who has a mind has mental health and I just felt like I really could make a difference. And if I could just help one person, that's all I wanted to do, just to help people feel better about themselves, know that they're not the only ones going through this. Um, that was really what I wanted to do coming back. And I became more confident in myself and everything that I'd gone through because of that. Right, you, you mentioned that you used uh, comedy and humor. It, it's a good thing you had a bunch of clowns as teammates, right? <laughs> I have, with that. have no idea. <laughs> uh, Sarah, so obviously you observed all this, um, you know, kind of from the other side, you saw what what Maddie was going through. And then, um, you know, you uh, 
obviously learned that, that she had decided to step away from the team and actually leave campus. Um, what, what was that like for you, um, you know, to know that, that one of your teammates was, was struggling like this um, and, and had to take a little break? Um, it really, uh, it kind of puts a different perspective in your mind. Um, this wasn't just a teammate, but like also a friend. And you're wondering like what you can do to help out and what you could have done and whatnot. But I think it posed almost like a great learning lesson for the rest of our friend group and the rest of the team that um, she's taking the time that she needs and it's not reflecting badly on her coach knows um, and coach wants everybody else to understand that they can do the same thing and they shouldn't feel obligated or scared or embarrassed to do so. And um, I'm really proud that Maddie took that step that what she needed, um, what she needed to do. Um, because overall I've seen how much you've grown since even freshman year, junior year, whatnot to now. And I love this version of you. I love it. And <laughs> I, <laughs> no, but um, seriously, like you've grown so much as a person, um, mentally, physically, in every aspect of life. And um, it should be more known that um, no one should feel, I guess, like scared to kind of do what you did. Um, like you said, um, every mind has mental health. And um, if you need that break, you should deserve to take that break. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and you know, obviously, uh, some high-profile professional athletes, uh, Simone Biles, uh, Naomi Osaka, are, are two who come to mind immediately. Have uh, done similarly, taking breaks from from the sports that that they excelled in um, to to treat their mental health. Um, you know, and then uh, unfortunately, one person who uh, couldn't escape her mental health struggles was uh, the James Madison uh, softball catcher uh, Lauren Burnett, who. Uh, took her life um, in late April of this past year. And that was the, the week of, of your guy's senior day. You had your senior day later that week. Um, and um, Maddie, that's you shared some of your experiences about how hard that hit you um, in, in a post on Instagram. And I just wanted to read uh, one excerpt from it. Um, you wrote, uh, I can look back now and say, without a doubt, that was the right move for me. But in the moment, leaving school and softball stirred up in stirred up even more anxiety. What would people think of me? Would they, would they think I quit? Would people think I was too weak to push through my thoughts? So I think, um, I think that's an important part of that is that people who are struggling um, may get or have some kind of anxiety just through the point of stepping back, kind of increase their anxiety, you know, at that moment before they can start to, you know, kind of, kind of step back and, and really start to heal themselves. Yeah, I agree. And when I was writing that, I had read a lot of different things um, on Instagram, on Twitter, mostly about Lauren, but just how more and more athletes, especially in the softball community, were coming out with things that they've dealt with and hadn't said publicly. And a lot of what I read was that athletes are essentially put on a platform, whether they choose to or not. Um, and I feel like because of that, people kind of think that, well, they're an athlete, they're used to tough training and being put through a lot so they can handle these things as well. But when it all boils down to it, we're human just like everyone else. I mean, you could say the same thing about scientists or anyone in like a position that's different than yours. You could say 
you know, they have done this so far. Why can't they deal with this as well? But I think it all goes back to, you know, if you have a mind, you have mental health. And just because someone's on a different platform than you doesn't mean that they can necessarily handle things that are tough. Right. Um, you, you also also posted uh, in that thing, um, you said, I felt a bit of what Lauren felt, um, you know, Lauren, the, the James Madison uh, softball catcher who, um, who, who took her life that year, that week. And, um, you, you know, I, I guess that must have really uh, driven home to you, um, you know, that you did the right thing. And, and it was, uh, it, it was a good thing that, that you did it at the time that you did it before it got to that point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that in the moment where I was struggling my most, um, I can't speak for Lauren, but I would think that her as well as everyone who feels that way just kind of feels like there's no escape from your thoughts. And that was the point when it had gotten the worst for me. Like, what do I do now? I can't escape from this. Um, and that was kind of the night when I had those thoughts. It was when I had people by my side who, thank God they were there um, just to help guide me in the right direction of, you know, having conversations like, what do you, what do we think is the best thing I can do? And, you know, having that support system is so huge and they, eventually helped me out and we're like these are the different routes you can take people who have been through before um, my parents everyone was kind of there for me discussing the next best thing and I didn't think at the time that going home was the best thing I had pushed it off for a while and then eventually when I felt like I couldn't escape those thoughts home was the place that I needed to go and thank god I did because it got me to the right avenues that I need to go to and you know I wish that that could have happened for Lauren and it really upset me when I heard that story but I hope that people can take that away from her story that, you know, there was these avenues that are available to everyone. And, you know, you just kind of need to really put yourself first and be selfish and take those avenues, do what you have to do for yourself. Cause that shouldn't happen to anyone what happened to her. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the avenues and, and it certainly uh, has been more focused on, uh, on, on mental health of athletes in recent years, the, you know, Simone Biles and uh, Naomi Osaka, we mentioned, they've brought attention to it. Um, and, and actually one of your teammates, uh, Natalie Smith, uh, was in instrumental in starting a campus group called Head in the Game that uh, is a place for, uh, you know, Muhlenberg people to come and, and discuss their struggles and kind of help to wear away at that stigma of, of mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, the spotlight on it, it's long overdue and well-deserved and something that should encompass everyone and head in the game is such a great um, organization for athletes and then there's other organizations that are for people who aren't in sports and even if you're not involved or in sports or um, whatever you do I think that there's a spot for you to reach out to someone I know that there is and it's all about taking the time to invest in yourself and figure out what that place is for you. Right. Did winning the championship, we, we already talked about, um, you know, how that felt for you kind of as a member of the, as, as a team when that happened, um, that must've been, um, you know, doubly, or uh, I don't even know how many times more rewarding um, to be part of that, um, considering what, what you had gone through and, and where you had come from. Yeah, it definitely, <laughs> it was surreal. It still is surreal, like we were saying, but I think coming in freshman year and then having such a strange career 
um, myself and as part of the team with COVID, with me leaving school. I personally only really had two years of college softball. So I was like, if we're going to do it, it's going to be this year. And I think everyone kind of had that same thought process. Um, so I feel like it really just kind of represented like all that the team. And I like to think myself have gone through to get to that point. Like it was all worth it um, in my own personal struggles. And with, you know, these girls who have put everything that they can into this team for the last four years, like it really just did represent everything that we worked so hard for. And it showed. Before we let you go, we're, we're talking with Sarah Karmazin and Madison Amder, members of the 2022 Centennial Conference Championship softball team, um, talking about uh, some of the mental health struggles that, that Madison went through. Um, so Sarah, as um, someone who's seen what, again, what Madison went through and, and how she was able to come out of it, um, what advice would you give to people who, who might see that they have a teammate or a friend or uh, you know, somebody who may be struggling, but, but may be a little bit reluctant to, uh, you know, to reach out to others? I would say that there's always a support system around you. And even though it may be hidden and you may need to um, kind of dig it up to find it, but it will always be there, whether that's your parents, your friends, coaches, even some professors. Um, I just think that people need to um, kind of be more open to talking about it. And just like Maddie brought it to the table and all these other athletes are putting now this big spotlight on it. Um, it's good to see that these organizations that Nat started like head in the game and these other organizations on campus allow students um, to kind of go in and be open about what they've been feeling and um, what's been going on in their lives and the struggles that they may be dealing with. But um, kind of like Maddie said, I think it's long overdue. And I think there's a stigma that you kind of uh, can be seen as weak when admitting these struggles, but it's the complete opposite that it shows how strong you are for kind of for asking for help. Um, and I think that needs to be developed, um, especially in athletics um, right now. Yeah, I mean, athletics is a world of, uh, you know, competition and, and a world where you're always pushing yourself um, and, and other people are always pushing you to do to do more and to do better. Um, you know, and it, it, it's tough because on the one hand, like you want your coaches pushing you to be better, to be the best athlete that you can. And um, uh, I would imagine sometimes it's it's hard to recognize when when it gets too much or, or, or too much for you to handle as you're trying to you know, become the best, uh, you know, person, student, athlete, et cetera, that you can be. I think the communication between coaches also needs to be opened up more. Um, our coach was very open about letting her, uh, telling us that it's okay to talk about um, what else is going on outside of softball. And um, because coaches, they, they, they coach you and they only see you on the field or at, at practice in the lift but they don't see what's going on academically. They don't see what's going on with your family. They don't see what's going on socially. And um, I think that line of communication needs to open more and um, they should be more accepting as in to uh, let say a student or an athlete maybe take a few hours off to pick up on their studies or um, go home and decompress from um, what's been going on in their lives, so. 
Yeah, and then, um, you know, Maddie, I, I, again, I, you've, you've certainly alluded this, but uh, to someone who's going through what, you know, what you went through um, and, and maybe as a college athlete under a lot, a lot of pressure to, to succeed in, in different areas, what, what advice would you give to, to people like that? Um, just like Carm said, I think communication is by far one of the biggest things that you can do is communicate, whether that's with your coach or with your friends. Um, it doesn't always have to be a big thing that, you know, I, you need to take time for your mental health. I chose to do this whole process publicly because I want people to know that, you know, they can always come talk to me about whatever it is. I mean, anyone listening to this, if they need to reach out, like I've been through it, I don't want anyone else to go through it, but I know that it'll happen. So there are resources. And I think, you know, utilizing those are the most important and ultimately just investing in yourself, knowing that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to feel free of these emotions. And, you know, if that's not something that you can do by yourself, that's totally okay. And just like Carm said, there's a support system for you. Even if you don't know what that is, they're there for you. And just finding those people and doing what you can to figure out what's best for you is the most important thing. Yeah. It's in the declaration of independence, right? Um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So mm -hmm. everybody deserves to it's, it's our uh, right as Americans and people all over the world, but um, to, to pursue their happiness, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just talk about maybe if you could, um, you know, you talked about how uh, or your coach, Sarah Leavenworth, was very open to, to talking about these things. Um, talk about the rest of the people at Muhlenberg, um, you know, professors, uh, you know, support staff, other people like that. Um, what, what role they played for you? I, same thing with everyone. I tried to keep a very open line of communication with what I was dealing with. Um, a lot of my neuroscience professors during that time, I mean, they study this stuff religiously. So they were pretty understanding. I mean, everyone was super helpful, but I started off this whole journey with the counseling center at school. And I think because of the spotlight being put on mental health right now, they're really doing as much as they can to kind of build up their resources. Um, and that was even before the pandemic and now after, since it's had such an impact on people's mental health in a negative way, I think that they're doing even better of building up their center to do what they can for the most amount of people and accommodate people. And that was one thing that I'm lucky that Muhlenberg had, but I didn't really look at when I was deciding on what school to go to. Um, it's something super important. There's free resources, which can't say really happens after college. So utilize that while you can. Um, the school itself was very accommodating administration, everyone just, they're there to help you. They want you to succeed both in school and personally. So if there's, you know, not a support system on a personal level, then, you know, professors do care about you. And luckily Muhlenberg's a small enough school where you'll get to know your professors very quickly um, so they can help you. And Coach Mall, she was, a big asset from day one. She helped me in many, many ways. And we always kept that line of communication. So it was so much easier for her to help me out. Right. All right. We're talking with uh, Madison Amder and Sarah Carmazan. And uh, before we uh, wind up here uh, on our podcast, on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast, I'm going to uh, put you two on the spot. Uh, any, uh, any last thoughts, any final thoughts, any, uh, any last messages that you want to leave people with either, uh, either about mental health or or about softball take it away maddie 
<laughs> um, I think, you know, same as I've been saying, invest in yourself. That's the best thing you can do. And it's, it's one of the most sustainable things that you can do. If not now, you're going to be forced to do it eventually. So work on yourself. Um, enjoy the time you have and make the most of it and roll mules. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, Sarah, I think it's your voice that people hear <laughs> on the end of the podcast saying go mules. So, this is your this is your first official time on the podcast, but you've actually been on every episode of our podcast. You could hear that voice from miles away too. Oh gosh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah Carmazan, Madison Amder, thank you so much for joining us on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Thank you. Thank you. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg College Office of Athletic Communications. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College athletics, please check us out at muhlenbergsports.com and follow us on social media at muhl underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. And until the next episode, Go Mules! Mules.